0: Welcome to another edition of the Jungle Juice Podcast. He's Mick Nelson. I'm Sam Gormley. Mick, happy Sunday. How are we doing?
1: Happy Sunday to you as well. Doing good. It was a nice, beautiful day outside here uh, in the Cincinnati area. It was nice, like 65 degrees and sunny. So, had a nice little uh, day outdoors. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I got to go outside a little bit today. It's you know, It was, I think, 71 here. So I've enjoyed it too because it's one of those things. Now I don't have to necessarily like leave the heat on tonight because the house is kind of warmed up. Like it's seventy two in here right now, so it feels kind of decent. So hopefully what, what that temperature is like try... to keep your house at. What's uh... so in the in the winter? I I go cold. Like I leave it at about sixty six in the okay. winter. Yeah, about the same. Uh, in, in the summer, it it really depends. It really does. Uh, I don't have the best insul- insulation. In this house, that's that's a word, isn't it? Yes. So, because of that, it is it is kind of a challenge to keep my house the proper temperature. So sometimes I keep it a little bit higher, and then just use fans and so on, which I don't know is necessarily financially the smartest decision. But I I don't know how it goes. But uh, yes, I, I I like it. I like it cold. Though, if only money grew on trees and I could keep it cold and not have to worry about paying, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah that'd be a good thing. Coming up on the show today, uh, we've got a good one planned. A lot of offensive free agency talk coming happening as we are this is wild. You know, we are one week away from free agency, Mick. You know, one week and one day is when the legal tampering window opens. And we're going to start to learn. I'm very interested to see how quickly the Cincinnati Bengals start to make some moves when it comes to free agency starting. You know, you think back to, what was it, two or three years ago where the the window opened at 11 or whatever, or noon or whatever time it was. And 15 minutes later, they had Ted Karras and Alex Kappa. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily expect it to go that quick, but I'll be interested to see if there's one in the first 24 hours of the free agency window being open up. So I think that'll be really interesting today. We're going to focus on the offensive guys. We've got a list that Mick and I have come up with, some guys that we think they should target or maybe should not target. And then also, it's you know we can touch a little bit on the combine. That's happening right now. And then also some news for the week. We invite everyone to follow us on our social media channels. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're also on Facebook. And uh, also on your favorite podcasting platform to go back and listen to that as well. But first off, Mick, how about some news from the week for the Cincinnati Bengals? First one, Cal Adamitis and Jake Browning received their exclusive rights deal for the Cincinnati Bengals. In other surprising news, water is wet. (laughs) Yep.
1: Uh, I don't think we really expected anything else. Uh, You know, obviously Cal's been a very... uh, Reliable long snapper and uh, no reason to part ways with him. And then Jake Browning obviously proved that uh, he's probably a top tier backup quarterback in the league now. So definitely don't want to part ways with that, given the uh, given the bargain they have him for on the exclusive uh, rights tag. So, yeah, not shocking news by any means and uh, happy to have him back for another season.
0: And what this means is just to kind of go over it is it's in a way like the franchise tag. It's, it's a, it's a franchise tag for players that don't deserve the franchise tag. Like it's pretty much the best way to do it is the Bengals now have said, Hey, Jake Browning, you're going to be making the league minimum next year at about $850,000. And you get to make your decision. It's a simple one. Either. Yes. You come back and play for $850,000 or you don't play in the NFL next year. So probably for Jake Browning, that is an easy decision. And I know a lot of fans were saying, you know, coming out and being like, oh, well, he deserves more money. Yeah, yeah. he does. He, he does, does deserve but, more money. Oh, but, Too bad. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, in <laughs> all, all seriousness, why why would the Bengals pay him more money if they if they don't have to? Like, life, life sucks. You know what I mean? Like, sorry. Oh, it stinks. He'll get it, you'll get it You've next year. You've done a good job.
1: Don't yeah. get it next year. Not from us. He'll be gone next
0: year. But uh, probably that's probably I would assume same he's probably
1: gone next year.
0: But I don't think either one of these decisions was necessarily surprising. As I know we talked a couple of weeks ago, the best part about Cal Adamitis is that most Bengals fans don't know his name. And that is a good sign because everybody can remember Brad St. Louis. Yeah. And why I mean, do we remember every- him? We remember Clark Harris too. Yeah, you remember Clark Harris because
1: he was just like the, the a legend. Yeah, he's just got the, the the handlebar mustache, got a mullet rocking, you know. And then you know he was on the team long enough that you know you'd eventually you'd eventually you know catch on to to, to most fans. So, but yeah, not, not a lot of people know who Cal is, and uh, I agree that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's usually a good thing when no one knows who the who the long snapper is the other big news of the week is is one that I did want to kind of spend a little bit of time on here, Mick. And it is, you know, the player association every year releases this study or announcement of how teams treat their players. And I always find reading the comment section on these very interesting because you get the, uh, you get the fans who it's like, Oh, they make millions a year. Wow. Why are they complaining about things? And, kind of understand that. But at the same time, I always find it really interesting. So the Bengals ranked 26th in the NFL in treating their players. And it's it's really wild as to how this is split. So they are 32nd last in the NFL in treatment of families, food, and then nutrition. So to kind of go deeper into that as to why, Bengals don't employ a full-time dietitian, which for me, Mick, I'm not a dietetics expert. I know that shocks you. Shouldn't that be something that an NFL team has?
1: You would think. Um...
0: And plus, I'm thinking, like, how much would a dietitian, like, need to make? Like, I I can't imagine this being like a, ooh, he's got to make a lot of money or or something. It's just that one's kind of odd to me
1: yeah i mean i agree the treatment of families thing kind of uh ticks me off a little bit just because they are a family-run organization you would think they kind of you know and they've shown a lot of loyalty to, to their players and the players for the most part i feel like they enjoy playing for the organization but you know you'd think that they'd be treating the the families of these players with uh a little yeah, bit I mean, better or you know on the better end of the uh, of the of the league just because of how they're run as a, as a franchise and as an organization. so that does really tick me off that like they don't yeah. really care
0: too much to do that. They are one of four teams in the NFL that doesn't offer a family room or a daycare on game days.
1: That's crazy. One of other, four.
0: I, I don't here. know. I do not. I, let's get uh Washington, I'm assuming, is on that list. Probably. Uh, Which, that'll uh, They've got a lot of money. Yeah. They, now. yeah. And, and apparent, another one of the things that the Bengals didn't necessarily rank very high in was locker room and facilities there. But according to Paul Daner Jr., apparently they're sinking a lot of money this offseason, and apparently that locker room is currently under renovations to make it more of an upper tier locker room in the nfl as well which That's is a good, good. thing I,
1: I we we toured the locker room once i i thought it was like a little uh i thought it left a, a lot to be desired uh, I you know it was okay but you know you take a look at the reds clubhouse it's like one of the best clubhouses in baseball i think and it's just like really nice really accommodating uh you know it's it's a place that you know, I think the players really enjoy being in and, and the Bengals locker room is just kind of meh. Uh, nah. uh, so that's cool. They're, they're renovating the locker room. What did What they rank good in?
0: So yeah, the, the good things, because it wasn't all bad. Sixth in training staff, 10th okay. in training slash weight room, ninth in strength coaches, and 10th in head coach. And I know one of the things that they specifically said is, and I think there was like a second tier under head coach where Zach Taylor, I think, was like fourth in player relationships. Okay. As far as I think it was, I was reading something that said that, you know, Taylor, one of the things that he is very strong at, and it's something that we've talked a lot about on this show and you hear a lot about, is that players feel like they can go to him if there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is is really important, you know, that, the, that players want to play for a guy like Zach Taylor – But I never want to see Bengals being not not just like bottom tier in treatment of families last. Yeah. That's gotta improve.
1: Yeah, I would hope I was hoping they'd fix that after being ranked dead last in that last year. Because they were ranked dead last in that last year, I believe. Like yeah, maybe they're gonna try and fix like one thing per offseason, you know, because you can't just sink all your money into into everything here, so you know, last year it was the the strength and training room, right? Um, this year it's the locker room. Maybe next year they get a daycare or the you know, so for the for the kid for the players' uh kids. So you know, maybe they'll be able to work on that. I don't remember where they were ranked overall last year, but it was probably about the same. It might have been worse. Um, but yeah, it were yeah. better than the Steelers at least,
0: were they? You know, I don't yeah. know that I processed that. Were they below the Bengals?
1: Yeah. They're like in the, bond, uh, they might be 29th ninth, 30th. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, and I'll tell you what, like anybody that says like, all oh, the players make millions of dollars, like, I guess, like, do you care about the environment that you work in? Like in particular, you know, person that's pissed off about, uh, this, uh, survey coming out. Um, like, I think everybody wants to work in, in as good as work conditions as they can work in. And, uh, that that's that's not that that type of uh, treatment's not exempt for multi-million dollar earning NFL
0: players. Sorry, uh, especially when it comes to their family. Like yeah. these are kids we're talking about. Like if you brought your kids to work, do you want them to just be running wild and not have any place for them to go? Yeah. Like I know I think if my memory's right, Mick, that last year there was no place for like players' wives to go if they needed to. Breastfeed. Like breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that to me is like, whoa. Like, what? Yeah. That's, what are, I don't know. Because to me, that's like, that's not, like, that shouldn't be, I don't know. It the shouldn't take al- much with
1: it. The survey in general is a really good thing. I think it provides a lot of transparency between the NFL PA and the teams um in terms of where, you know, they're standing on that front. And, uh, you know, obviously it provides transparency to us, the fans in the media as well. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a really good thing that, that the NFL PA is doing to, to kind of shore up accountability on all sides uh, in regards to the, how the players are treated.
0: Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. The other big news from the week comes from the NFL combine. And I, I don't know that necessarily there's that much Bengals directly related. You know, Duke Tobin did talk and I think it was kind of interesting what he said. Is you know, last year you remember his big line was "Go find your own T Higgins. We're not in the job. We're not in the business of making other teams better." I don't think he didn't said quite that, have, he did, No, he didn't. He didn't quite have that. And he pretty much said, you know, we are still trying to figure out our plans and so on for T and and how that goes along. But he definitely didn't commit. And another guy that he really did not commit to, and I think we come back to him in a little bit, was Joe Mixon is just kind of saying, you know, I I found it very interesting. Hootay, Tim, thanks for for joining us as well. But that, that, to me, were the two big takeaways from Duke Tobin. He's very political when he talks and very careful. He doesn't particularly say anything that is going to be that newsworthy. I mean, last year was his one thing of saying, T. Higgins, go find your own, and I don't really know how newsworthy. That was, it was more just like a, yeah, you tell him Duke. And really this year it was more of, he said what we thought he would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, no news on that front. Uh, I am interested to kind of see, it doesn't seem like they're non-committal to T or Joe Mixon. You know, do they try to move on from T? Do they try to trade him? Uh, I think we mentioned last week though, you know, that the franchise cap kind of caps his tradeability in terms of, what teams would be willing to give up for T Higgins, just given how much he's making under the franchise tag. And, you know, a lot of wide receiver needy teams don't necessarily have the cap space. Uh, obviously there's a few of them, but. um, needs to talk about that pie again.
0: He does love talking about pie. Duke Tobin loves talking about pie.
1: I did not know that. Is that, is uh, that his, that's okay. his,
0: that's his thing of, so what he, he describes is, is, you know, the Bengals have a pie right now, and their pie is two hundred and fifty million dollars. And the question <laughs> is, is what slice of the pie is everybody's? So as I always say, you know, what flavor is the Bengals pie this year, Mick? Are we going pumpkin, apple? Are are we even getting like pecan? Like getting real I crazy over here?
1: Pie. Pecan pie is so
0: good. Our pecan, it's, West Virginia pecan. pecan. I
1: think pecan's the the, the correct way to pecan. Um, I, the French?
0: The French. I'm an American. I call it pecans, right?
1: I've never heard an American say pecan pie. I think I've always heard them say pecan pie.
0: Uh, you might need to I leave this it. up to the comments. Pecan, yeah. pecan pie or pecan pie? Who says it right? Myself or Mick? Pecan or pecan?
1: Wait, can From... we do a poll? Can we unleash a poll on the page? Is there a way to do that in yeah. the, in the middle of a
0: podcast? Or Not that I'm aware that. of, at least through through our realm. <laughs> but... Uh, the other thing that came from the combine is the Bengals did meet with some players. I'm just going to run through the list right now, some guys. Okay, Tim, Tim is on your player. side. We He's go. on your side. Sorry, uh, Tim and Nick, you're wrong. Uh, met, they met with Brock Bowers. They met with Amarius Mims, Jatavian Sanders, Chop Robinson, J.C. Latham, Patrick Paul, Brian Thomas, Xavier Worthy, Talese Fawaga, along with more. I mean, they met with a lot of different guys.
1: Also, congratulations to Xavier Worthy, by the way.
0: Yeah, that's right. Four two broke one. John
1: Ross. Yep, yeah, broke John Ross's forty record, four, two, one, 40 yard dash. John Ross is now completely irrelevant in football.
0: Forever. Wow. John Ross catching strays. You Sorry, you like John. to each podcast, you just throw strays at a I'll random former bangle. One, I just
1: pick one former Bangle to just,
0: <laughs> just destroy. Know. I mean, I'm not going to disagree. I mean, but he had that one really good stretch through the first two games in 2019 where people thought Zach Taylor is the John Ross Whisperer. Remember that? Yeah. Those were two really good games.
1: You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I, uh, I hated the pick when
0: it happened. I did too. And, really bad pick. And, and thanks, then especially. Thanks Ken. It's, thanks, Ken. Thanks a lot, Ken. <laughs> and I mean, in all seriousness, I, you know, everybody always drops in the who is the pick after. I don't know that they would have made that pick, anyways, or at that time. Of but Mahomes. That the Mahomes, yeah, yeah,
1: they weren't going to do that. They they still had faith in Andy. Andy was, uh, Andy, Andy's twenty sixteen season wasn't that bad. It was okay. I mean, he wasn't the reason the team was wasn't that good that year. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, John Ross was not I don't think that's what anybody was wanting in twenty seventeen, but he no. got Joe Mixon. It kind of kind of short things up a little bit. So
0: Yeah, they did get Joe Mixon that year, didn't they? Oh great. Am I gonna start taking shots at Joe Mixon on this pod probably? You already you do it on a weekly basis. I do, I'll I do not and guess what? Yeah, I mean it's coming, Mick. You know it's going to have to come. My, you take shots at random Bengals, I just take shots at Joe Mixon. It's just part of the Pod Weekly. How about some free agency talk here? Bengals, you know, we mentioned in in 10 days, we very well could have a new Cincinnati Bengal. You know, it it could be that the Bengals on day 1, it's Derrick Henry, Chris Jones, Jonah Williams is back, and then Tommy Townsend and then uh who, who else who else is on this list? Uh they sign Mike Evans, right? Michael Evans uh, Jr. Yeah, they just <laughs> sign. They sign everybody, Mick, and then you know, in twenty four hours, and the next thing you know, they're like the New Orleans Saints, and they're in cap hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so I, I, I need to look into this. PFF said there's some type of analytics site that because you know over the cap can be a little misleading with, uh, you know, with with the mat, with the salary cap and showing everybody in the red. Uh, there's some type of service that kind of talks about like. You know, how much cap flexibility a team really has, because all the Saints do is just restructure every deal that they can and then push more cap to the to later seasons and, and so on. They've just been doing that for the past 10 years. Um, so I need to find the service and just see where what the true cap health is for like every team.
0: Tim asks really quick, and we're gonna talk more about defensive guys. Well, that'll week. be next
1: week's show, Tim. But, thanks but for... really
0: quick, Mick, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot: Eddie Jackson or Kevin Byard, or none yeah. of the above.
1: I don't think I want any of them actually. Let me. There's a lot of good safeties in the upcoming class, and, and I think
0: that that'll be a really good discussion to have next week. I mean, you know who I, I made it up a couple of weeks ago. It's not going to happen, but he is my like. He might be number one on my free agent please
1: list. Antoine Winfield Jr. Yes. It's not
0: going to happen, and I I know that, but he's just at the top of my list. Like If I got a notification at noon on next Wednesday, Bengals sign Antoine Winfield, my small town here, they're probably going to have to shut something down because I'm probably going to be running around the town. (laughs) <laughs> it's just running around on the loose. Yes, just yes. It's happened. It's happened. It's not going to happen, and I'm aware of that. But still, it it's it's fun for me to sit and think about. Uh, for the offensive free agency targets, though, I think it's it's really interesting to go into this. Oh yes, Tim, I'm very well aware. It is a very wishful Christmas list. It is very wishful. And hey, you know what? I mean, listen, Mick. There were, there had to have been something when you were a kid growing up that you wanted to drop on the Christmas list that you knew. Your parents weren't going to give you, but you still had to throw it on there just in case, you know, Santa came through. Yeah.
1: I still do that. My birthday's coming up next week. I'm just like, yeah. like, Hey mom and dad, you know, I pay for my cruise, you know, our, our cruise that's coming up. It's going to be, would be a really good birthday, birthday gift right there. So it's a little expensive. So <laughs> no, that's
0: not, that's not happening, but it's worth, uh, it's worth, exci- uh, worth asking about. So for me, Mick first, first position, is quarterback
1: okay that's done yeah we're done talking about quarterback
0: maybe maybe they sign like a practice squad guy like i i I just i don't know I, i i definitely do not expect anything there but the next tier is is running back but to me, first off, and Mick, we have talked a lot about this over the last couple of weeks, but I think it needs to come up when we're talking into running back free agents is the first question we have to ask is, is Joe Mixon back? Because if the answer is yes, I think this completely changes how the Bengals go at running back free agents. I don't know that they sign someone if Joe Mixon is back, especially in that upper mid tier. I think you might see him take a low tier guy. But if Joe Mixon is not back, which you've heard me talk a lot about, Mick, that I I say he should not be back, especially at $8.5 million. It's too much. You know The explosive rate has dropped. It's just not there for all of the reasons that we've talked about over these last couple of weeks. But so for this exercise, Mick, I think since we're talking about free agent targets at the running back position, it's important for us to say this is if Joe Mixon is not here. Because I think with with him being here, it completely changes the list, and I don't think it's as fun of a discussion.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a flip of coin here of, as to whether Joe Mixon's back or not. Um, I don't really I'm not like emotionally attached to it either way. Uh, for I, I agree for the sole purpose of the show, I think we should uh, assume that Joe Mixon is not going to be back because I think both of us have running backs that we want to talk about here uh, in the coming minutes. So to me,
0: it's split into two. You've got the top tier of free agent running backs, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. You know, those are are the top three. Just to go on spot track, just to kind of put things into perspective here, Josh Jacobs, four for 40. Derrick Henry, one for 10.3. Saquon, three for 30. Those are just in there. But then to me, there's the next tier, which is what I'm classifying as Bengals tier. Because I, I don't know that there would be anything more shocking, barring them signing a backup quarterback, than the Bengals signing Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, or Saquon Barkley.
1: See, I just don't see Josh Jacobs having that big of a contract. I just, I, a four four-year, $40 million contract for a running back?
0: Like, there's no way that's happening
1: at oh. best i think 2 years 20 million you
0: know you know one of the last teams to do a 4 year four, uh, 4 for 40 contract for a running back is it us cincinnati bengals with joe mixon there we go so that's writings on the, the wall before. we're doing it again so to me let's go into the bengals tier because i think that's pretty much everybody else and I know one of the guys that you mentioned in the you mentioned this guy, I think in like October, maybe even November, Mick, do you know the guy I'm dropping in here is no. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Now, okay. Yes, I did drop Antonio
1: Gibson as a free
0: candidate last year. So spot track to put things into perspective one for 3.6 is what that says. Last year, his lowest output of his career with only 65 rushes, he still averaged 4.1 yards per carry, which is very, very, very average, if not maybe even a, a tick below it as far as average running back. That's one of the names that I'm dropping here. Uh, and then you've heard me talk a lot about, I, I'm i on kind of Team A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that would be the perfect move, but I still think that might be at the top of my realistic price range bengals free agent target but i got one more name that i want to drop to you mick after you might drop one here
1: do you want me to go ahead and yeah and do yeah because i want on my list uh, and i do like the antonio gibson uh decision by the way he had a he he definitely bounced back after like a really poor uh beginning the last year he definitely bounced back and uh and played really well. Uh the one thing I really love about Antonio Gibson's game is his pass blocking. Um, he's been consistently a top five pass blocking running back in the league. Uh, and that's something I think that they missed last year. You know, obviously Joe Mixon, we know all of his uh all of his problems in that department. Uh, you know, Trevion Williams was pretty okay at it. Uh Chase Brown, I don't think, is very good at it. You were kind of missing that side. You're you're missing that which you had in some AJP running years past, uh, so I think that would be a cool target for them. Um, actually, I do have Josh Jacobs on my list. I don't see him making nearly as much as what Spot Track said that he was making four years, forty million. I think you could probably get him on a three-year deal. Um, and I think, it, and it, he had such a uh, a down year last year that I think his value is gonna is gonna be skewed from that a little bit. Um, but I think Josh Jacobs has proven to be a workhorse back. Um, you know, we saw him rip off sixteen hundred yards in twenty twenty-two with the Raiders. We don't know how much of last year's woes had to do with just the toxicity that was in that locker room for the first half of the season. Uh, and then also just given his whole contract situation with the Raiders and and you know, he was wanting to get extended, they weren't willing to extend him, and he was probably just mentally checked out. So you know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Bengals have a realistic chance of getting him, but I don't want them going after like a Saquon or or an Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry where they're gonna be so far priced out of, of getting those guys.
0: I know Tim asks in on AJ Dillon and I think he is a he would be a good fit of yep. being a cheaper option. And if you look statistically, I know I had the stats a couple of weeks ago, Mick, but He's been just as good, if not better, than a running back than Joe Mixon over these past couple of seasons. Now, back to Josh Jacobs. The one thing that does make me raise at least a little bit of a red flag, and and it's more of just like halfway up, you know what I mean, is Joe Mixon's 27, Josh Jacobs is 26. So as far as age, you're not getting that much of a difference. Now, Joe Mixon, as far as running back-wise, is probably more like 30-31 where Josh Jacobs is more like the 26, just based on sheer usage. wear and tear. Yes. Exactly. But it is at least something to keep in mind because you're thinking, okay, let's sign him to a three-year deal. He'll almost be 30 by the end of that. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm not discounting your your guy by any means by saying that. It's more of just, I'm interested to see, would the Bengals do that for a running back who could be elite? You know, two, two years ago, heck, he... he might have been the best running back in the NFL.
1: I think he was the best running yeah. back in the NFL a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they if they address that position in free agency or not. Uh, I, I I I don't know what your thoughts are, but I personally think that we're going to see a lot of these top tier guys uh, hold out, and we probably won't see them get signed until uh, probably training training camp of twenty twenty four. I feel like you see that a lot of years with, with some elite running backs. Like you never saw uh, You're seeing it in baseball Cook. right now. Yeah, you're seeing it, I mean, you've seen you've been seeing it in baseball the past mm-hmm. probably five, ten years. Um you know, it's kind of weird with their contract situation with them being completely guaranteed. But uh I mean you kind of saw with Dalvin Cook last year, right? I don't think he got cut. Did he get cut in training camp? I can't remember. I know that he didn't sign with the team until with the Jets until late. In free agency, I can't remember if he got cut in, or late in training camp. I can't remember if he got cut. Yeah, I don't. I don't dropped. remember.
0: I think it was in the offseason.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So I, I'd have to look that up.
1: I think. I think we're going to see a lot of these running backs probably holding out uh, in trying to see if they can get really good deals. But I. I don't see teams just jumping at the gun of free agency to, to sign these
0: guys. He was released on June the 9th. So okay. it was right well, before
1: training camp.
0: Correct, pre-training camp. Okay, Mick, you ready for the name here that I? Uh... I am not jumping on the table for this, but is is at least makes me go, hmm. Especially for the price that Spotrack has it at. This guy two years for four point four million dollars. J.K. Dobbins. No. Played only 24 games in four years. In his four-year NFL career, he's only averaging 171.3 snaps per season. When he's healthy, 5.8 yards per carry, though.
1: How much of that is, a, is the Ravens' system?
0: And, and, and I don't off. know that. But So you're telling me one year for $2 million. He, it, to me, the question is, is, are the Bengals in a position to take a risk on a guy like that? No. And I, I again, I I would be stunned if they can for the simple reason here of you know J.K. Dobbins can't stay healthy. I mean, like I said, twenty four games in four years. That's I mean, that's a what? A, not even a season and a half in four years. Yeah, I, I'd be stunned. But it's at least one of those that you know if if they could get him on, I mean, one year for two million dollars, is it worth a lottery ticket? I just
1: don't think it is. I I really, one, I don't think he really offers a change of pace from Chase Brown anyways. Two, he's been, you know, he's had, you know, season ending injuries uh, on the, you know, on the constant. Uh, Three, I think a lot of his production has to do with the Ravens offensive system and, and, and how efficient they are in running the ball as a whole, as opposed to. What he's necessarily done now, the stats are great. Like he's averaged well over five yards a carry uh, throughout his career, but five
0: yeah. point eight, yeah, almost yeah, almost
1: six yards a carry, which is insane. But I don't know. I just I wouldn't be willing to take a gamble on that.
0: For me, a two million dollar one is almost worth a gamble. Now I'm not paying him any more than that. Why don't you go get Rashad
1: Penny while you're at it? Like that's that's just that's the other. Yeah, is Frank Gore still around? Like, you know, he's durable. We yeah. can get his son. His son's going to be good drafted this year. Yeah, Frank I mean, Frank, here.
0: is Frank Gore still boxing? Didn't didn't he go boxing or something?
1: Dude, I wouldn't want to go up against him. That dude's uh, jacked. I want he's to like say the that most he... jacked 5'8 man I've ever seen.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, it would shock me if you put him in there. He did still, he'd still get you some positive yards. And again, I'm not on here on the Bengals should sign J.K. Dobbins train. I'm not. I more just threw that name on there just because I saw the value. I was like, Hmm, is it worth the lottery ticket? And it just made me go, you know, and, and, and I don't know the answer. I I think, you know, if it was one year, $2 million, I'm not going to be mad, but I'm also, I would be kind of surprised if it happens. Uh, I guess should be the best way to describe it. Next up wide receiver, Mick. This is an interesting one for me
1: yeah. because
0: there, there is, I think a lot that goes into what the Bengals do at the wide receiver position in free agency. Number one is, is T Higgins on the team? Because I think if he's not, you are absolutely, I think going to see them bring in somebody else. Yeah,
1: I I think so too. Uh, Now, one guy I really like, and and even if T. Higgins was still on the team, I feel like he could be the T. Higgins replacement, and they could easily move uh, Jamar into the slot for a year. But uh, one guy I do really like is Gabe Davis, the wide receiver from Buffalo. Um, I've always liked him. That dude's a blazer. The uh, the dude's a deep threat. He's the definition of a deep threat. Is he as reliable as a T? No, he's not. Uh, but the dude averages I think almost 17 yards a catch I think he's averaged that uh, throughout his career obviously we all remember him from how uh, insane of a game he had against Kansas City a couple of years ago in the playoffs Uh, but yeah I think he would be a really good X receiver to replace T with and I think that he'd be more or less a bargain I think he's being valued at about 12 million a season now does he get paid more than that I guess we'll see but um, yeah, I just think that you know if we want the receiver core to to improve from what it was last year and you're wanting to get faster on the offense, um, I think he would be a really good guy for them to get.
0: Here's a name for you and and I have a a reasoning as to why Noah brown here's the <laughs> reason because if he's not, if he's not on another team, he can't hurt and us well, anymore. Just- in the past two seasons against the Bengals, he has 12 catches for 263 yards and a touchdown. That's 24% of his yards in the last two seasons have come against the Cincinnati Bengals in two games. Can we just sign him so he stops? Stop hurting us. Or please send him to, like, the Seahawks so we know we won't have to face him next year, and if it would be, it would be in the Super Bowl or something. Like, just stop. Stop. We don't... uh, Please, so that's why that's my main reason for throwing Noah Brown on there. Rick does not agree with you, Meg. Rick on does Gabe not Davis. like the Gabe Davis decision. Well, Rick, how do you feel Rick, Rick, about uh, my reasoning for Noah Brown? Because I think it's it's
1: valid, right? can't beat him, join him, you know, or have him join you. Yeah. Uh, um, another name I like, and this is a potential, uh, I guess, like starting position battle guy with Charlie Jones in the slot. I already know where
0: you're going, and I think he's on my list too. Are we Nick, going to Weber State? Is that where Nick westbrook akine went? Oh no. Okay. No. Okay. No, I guess I'm not Shaheed, aren't you? Yes. Yes. So
1: I was. I would. I really like Rashid Shaheed, but I think the Bengals like having more size in the slot position, and that's why I decided to not go with Rashid Shaheed because he's a little. He's tiny. He's like five nine and 180 pounds, maybe. Uh, Nick westbrook uh has more of that Tyler Boyd size. He's uh, played primarily in the slot. He's 6 like two hundred something pounds. I can't remember what his weight is, but has that more of a Tyler Boyd? Um, has more of a Tyler Boyd size to him. And I think that they do want to see if Charlie Jones can win this position battle, because I don't think they would have drafted him in the fourth round uh, if they didn't think he could potentially fill the 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 Boyd void right there. See what I did there? Mm,
0: uh, that's clever. <laughs> That's but yeah, that's why people listen to this podcast.
1: The void void. Uh, so yeah, Westbrook Akine's numbers won't wow you and the drops actually are, are a little bit of a concern. He has a pretty high drop rate, but you know, I don't know how much of it has to do with uh, you know, Nick Westbrook Akine and how much of it has to do with, you know, the quarterback situation he kind of had to deal with the past couple of years, you know, last year, um, you know, he had Will Levis thrown into him, and he, he looked okay at times, but he, he's definitely not Joe Burrow. Ryan Tannehill looks like a, like, looked like a shell of himself until he got injured. Last year, he had to deal with Malik uh, – what's his last name? Willis. Malik Willis, um, who I don't think should be a quarterback in the NFL. Um, wow. To, now Malik Willis
0: is catching strays. My goodness.
1: And, well, you know. No
0: one is safe.
1: He'd be a really good UFL player.
0: Uh, Sending him to the so, UFL with AJ McCarron.
1: There we go. Is, is AJ McCarron playing in the UFL?
0: Yeah, he got signed by the Battlehawks.
1: Again, hey, yeah, hey. that's the
0: reason. That's the reason why the Bengals cut him. Okay, is so, so he, he could go and sign him. and be ready for their season.
1: Okay, okay. So yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Nick westbrook akina could definitely get a look at, it. and obviously he'd be a bargain. I don't think uh, he's on any team's radars, so
0: here's an interesting one for you. And and it would be kind of in that wide receiver four realm, maybe. Juwan Jennings. You got the you got the uh the post Super Bowl bias, Juwan Jennings going on. Well I mean he's I, I've I liked him when he was at Tennessee. And uh gosh, I can't what? believe I just said that. What did I just hear that? Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? It, yeah. I feel like I need to go put some soap in my mouth the, now. But I've who, for those uh, who
1: are watching, peep the basketball hoop on the yes, on, yeah,
0: on the door behind. The Kentucky fan here. That hurts to admit that, and I I feel like I need to go wash my mouth out with soap or something. But I've always been a fan. He uh, comes from a winning program, which I think is something that the Bengals do value: a winning franchise and a winning mentality. Not not in college, obviously. I'm talking about in the pros. There we go. Back at it. There you go. He's back, everybody. Let's go. We're good. Uh, But still, I think that would be at least somewhat interesting. I I don't know that the 49ers will let him go though. But he would be a a cheaper option to maybe compete of is he an upgrade over Trenton Irwin?
1: Yes. I don't even think that's a question. I I I love Trenton Irwin and I think he's a really good, like, you know, um backup. Wide receiver, but I, I think Jawan Jennings is definitely better.
0: And and that's kind of why I dropped him in there. Is but then again, you know, who really likes Trent Irwin that plays for the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Me, Joe. Oh Burrow. well, okay. Wait, I I don't play for the Cincinnati. No, I just you play Trent Nerwin.
0: Yeah, Joe I Burrow mean, does
1: like Trent Norwin a lot.
0: And, and whose opinion matters more than just about anybody in the Cincinnati Bengals organization? Joe Burrow. Yeah. So, uh, I'd imagine that Trent Irwin will be back, but Juwan Jennings would be an upgrade at that yeah. position. And I think it would be an important one because how often do all three of your wide receivers start every game? Bengals have seen that over these past couple of years. Almost never. Is is Trent Irwin, he's not a is he a
1: free agent this year? Yes.
0: He is. So I I'm I'd be kind of
1: uh I I'm kind of uh, interested to see if the Bengals do resign him just because he is approaching thirty, I believe. I think he's uh I think he's older. He's a, he's a lot older than what everybody thought he was. Uh, Trent Neron is 28. 28. Okay. I mean, that's still like, you're you're kind of getting to that age where like, do you really want to, you know, yeah. If, if it's a one-year deal, that's cool. But it's 20. I see 29. Is he turning well, 29 soon?
0: Wikipedia, which is a great resource, Mick says he's 28 he'll be 29 in December oh, he was okay. born December the 10th of 1995 okay and Wikipedia is clearly the best resource for information like this I mean I've never it's a great seen t- I've never seen a great source Wikipedia no of course not yeah. I think everybody should use it as a source when doing anything in life but I think I got through college yeah Wikipedia says <laughs> that's great to hear from your tax accountant.
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't have to do much uh, research for for accounting. All we had to do was, uh math you know, account. It's not even really math; it's just account. Man, it's uh it's basic computational math that you just have to organize.
0: That sounds like just so much fun.
1: I, I don't, I don't mind it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so be interested to see on on Trent Norwood. Do, do you want to move on to tight ends?
0: Yeah, we can drop on to tight end. Do you have a name? I've got one. I've got three. Uh Dalton. Nah, I already Schultz. know one of them.
1: Okay, oh, you are. Yeah, I know you. You know the one I've been talking about for the past couple. Colby months. Parkinson. Colby Parkinson, Dalton Schultz, and I do have Noah Fan on here. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, be interested to see if the Bengals do shelve out some money. Uh, to a tight end this year, just because they really got burned this this last go around of finding that you know that tight end that was a highly regarded first or second round pick and then just never panned out in the NFL and you know that that worked out well for Hayden Hurst and then Hayden Hurst left for a lot more money in Carolina. You tried to do it again with Irv Smith and uh, it went about as
0: badly as it did it could not have work. Done.
1: It did not work.
0: He did have that one game where he had a touchdown. Remember that against the Bills? He, had, he had a two, touchdown. I think
1: he had two touchdowns last year. Did he? He might have. Anyways, yeah, I think I think uh I, I, I'm interested to see if they um do try a little bit harder at finding a, a more of a top-tier tight end. And Dalton Schultz, I'm not sure what his spot rack valuation is. It's definitely higher than what Irv Smith's was last year. Uh, but They'd I think probably that,
0: pushing the the eight to ten range. I would be I would imagine.
1: I mean, we signed CJ Uzama for three years, eighteen million dollars a, a few years ago, and that was, uh, you know, they, they did that. So, I, I they might, you know, maybe they maybe they put a little more importance on it this year. Um, and then obviously Noah Fant and Kobe Parkinson. I think those are your more value, uh, you know, Irv Smith type of deal tight ends. Noah Fant might get a little bit more money than what Irv Smith got or what Hayden Hurst got, just because we have seen him have, uh, you know, sustainable success in the league. And, you know, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a world burner tight end, but he was a really reliable tight end in Denver and then just kind of fell off when he was in Seattle. I think part of that probably had to do with, you know, Seattle had a much better wide receiver core and then he just wasn't getting as many targets. But I think he's a pretty, Decent receiver and his blocking isn't terrible. Uh, and then Colby Parkinson, I just you know he's six seven in two hundred and fifty pounds, just re- provides a lot of good length. I think he would be uh, an absolute bargain, uh, probably an Irv Smith type of deal. And uh, yeah, I think I think he could work well, with Joe Burrow.
0: How do we feel about a guy who's six foot six, two hundred forty five pounds, a second round pick from Penn State? In
1: 2018, no, no. we yeah, we did say we're going to talk about free agents. The Bengals should not sign, and Mike Gesicki is at the top of
0: my list. So, what price tag do you? I believe that Dalton Schultz will probably bring the eight to ten a year range. Yeah, what do you think I think Gesicki is probably not nearly as much
1: as oh, so oh, we got a comment. Okay, yeah, cool. no, that's
0: why I'm saying, yeah, on Dalton Schultz, probably eight to ten would eight be my 10? assumption.
1: Yeah, I would say that as well. Mike Kosicki wouldn't be as much, but I do not want to touch him uh, at all. I don't want him. I do. I so don't. Want him.
0: Eighth best blocking tight end in the NFL last season, since 2018, 13th in the league in receptions and in 12th in yards, and does a great gritty. Not What's um, not to like?
1: Is he really the eighth? was he really the eighth best yeah. blocking tight end? Uh, what per, was he? Per, I want to see what BFF. he was. I want to see what he was in years past because he was not that in years past. So I'm going to call last year, you know, uh, you know, a Belichick fluke. Um, An anomaly? Yes. Very much so. Let's
0: see. But did you not see his gritty? You don't want that? I, he's one of those that I feel like he would almost be in the, and when I say the Herb Smith realm, this is what I mean by it, where I think it would be boomer bust. Like, yeah. I think it would turn out to be they're looking like great decisions, or it would be more of the Irv Smith realm where it just doesn't work. But he's a big guy. He has good size, which is something Irv Smith did not have. He's more in that Hayden Hurst realm of being a big target for Joe Burrow over the middle. Now, I don't know that this is necessarily the way that I want the Bengals to go. I would almost rather them go a route like Parkinson get somebody cheaper in that realm and hope to sign a dope to draft a guy, whether it's Javion Sanders or maybe you get lucky and Brock Bowers is there at 18 or, you know, is Kate Stover, Stover. the guy? Is he the Theo guy? Johnson. Theo Johnson. Hey, that was a combine. Uh,
1: watch this yeah. guy. Theo, Theo Johnson was a star at the combo in this week. Also, where'd you get the Mike Gusecki was the, uh, was the,
0: that was from pro yeah. football network. Jay, Jay
1: Morrison. Yeah. Well, that's uh that's a fallacy because I'm just looking at grades from this year. Mike Gesicki was the fourth worst run blocking tight end in the league this year. His pass blocking grade is much better, but um, you know when do we really need tight ends to pass block? Probably not very often. So uh, well, I'm
0: just I was just basing it off I'm, of what I read from Jay Morris. Yeah, so I'm so that was...
1: not, yeah, I'm back to not wanting Mike Gesicki at all. Uh, Rick says.
0: It. I've okay. seen some mock drafts that have seen that, that have had our Bengals taking Brock Bowers at 18. I can't imagine he would be there. And if so, do our Bengals take him?
1: If he's available, yeah, take him.
0: Uh, yeah, but I don't yeah, would, I just don't see it happening. It would be really, really hard for me. Like let's say it's Mims, Bowers, and defensive linemen. Just insert insert your, uh, your yes, guy. Me. your guy. Yeah. Sure. That was kind of the name. I heard he doesn't want to go by Jerzon anymore, too. I think it's he wants Johnny, to go by. It, is it Johnny? Is it, Johnny? Newton. Uh, Jeremy, yeah. Johnny, something like that. I, I, I was i was listening to some podcast, and it was like, yes, the Bengals should go for Johnny Newton. And I'm thinking, who in the hell is that? And yeah, then I had Googled I, it, and I was like, oh, I didn't know he didn't want to be called Jerzon or whatever it is.
1: I think the Illinois staff was like, oh, I, we don't know how to pronounce your name, which I don't know how it's that hard. Jerzon. It's not that hard. But, uh, yeah, somebody just ended up calling him Johnny, and then it just ended up sticking. Like, it, it makes
0: sense, like Albert O. Like, okay, that's a good nickname because not. no one, yeah, no one could say his last name. But, Rick, I say if he is there. But let's say that, Mick. Newton, Mim slash Latham, and uh, Bowers. Where I'd are you heading? Oh, I'd
1: take Bowers because I think Bowers is, an, is excuse me, I think that he is—he has the potential to be an elite tight end. I agree. So yeah, I mean, I would take Bowers in a heartbeat over Latham, over Mims, over Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton. Whatever his name there. is, I would take him over pretty much anybody that's uh, that could be, potentially be available there. You know, Joe Alt's not going to be available at 18. fashanu probably won't be available at 18, even though his stock's kind of sliding a little
0: bit. It is. Because he, he was he was one of those guys, like, three months ago was... You even saw him, like, as a top five guy. Yeah, and I
1: don't think it's anything Fashanu or... fashion. Is it fashion or Fashanu? Fashanu. Okay. That sounds I better. I don't think it's anything that Fashanu's, like, done wrong or anything, but I just think that there are, you know, there are... Elite prospects at, like, you know, skill positions and uh, edge rushers that I think teams are going to take precedence over signing a tackle or drafting a tackle, which, you know, tackle still a really important position, but I think it's just a, a product of how stacked this draft class really is.
0: And, and this is going to be something we're going to, we might almost have to dedicate an entire show to, Mick, is, a gu- is right tackle. In that first round, we might have to do an entire show in April dedicated to first round Bengals. Yeah. And and going through all of the different options and talking a lot about a guy like Amarius Mims. Because I think he is so fascinating. And my question with him, and and this will be something that we're getting ahead of ourselves and discussing, is can the Bengals afford to take a lottery ticket in a guy like him? Because to me, he is almost a lottery ticket.
1: He is. He is a very raw prospect, uh, even though he did come from a championship winning program in Georgia.
0: My goodness, that dude is a -A G.A.M. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's grown man. He is a uh,
1: he is one of the best athletic specimens I think I've ever seen at at a tackle position. But yeah, he's still really raw. I mean, if he wasn't raw, this guy would be going top ten. Uh, but you, you brought up a good question. Can the Bengals afford for that to be the case? Uh or do they go with a more uh, polished prospect like JC Latham, um, who I think probably is available at 18. So we'll definitely more to that. He's
0: uh, six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds.
1: Yeah, I mean JC Latham's the same size except yeah,
0: yeah. twenty pounds it's, bigger. It's and just, runs it, faster. Um it it's wild. But Rick yeah. does write in. I want to really quick to go back to the tight ends. Drew Sample's a must sign in my opinion. We totally Rick, agree
1: with you. Yes. Yep.
0: Yes. We are in absolute agreement, especially because it's not like he's going to cost a lot. Um, it, listen, Rick, he is a GAM. <laughs> Both of them are big men. Big men with it. big men when it comes to that. But uh, did you have any other tight ends that you wanted to drop in there or should we move to the offensive line?
1: Yeah, I don't have any other tight ends. Um... Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the offensive line. I only have one offensive lineman and, and I think that you probably have this guy on your list. Is it Jonah Williams? It is not Jonah Williams. Even though I do wish Jonah Williams the best, I met him at target, cool guy. Yep, there he is with me. He's a really nice guy. I think uh, again, I th-
0: again, he he looks much more thrilled to meet you than you do to look, to meet him.
1: That's 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 what a great, you know, that's
0: that's what a that's got to bring him on the pod, even though when you met him, the pod didn't exist. But yeah,
1: it's okay. I think it's I think it. Alex Schubert mentioned it best in a post last week or maybe a comment. Uh, Jonah seemed a little checked out towards the end of last season. Uh, you, you didn't see like the same, um, you, you know, he, he seemed like he was definitely the best offensive lineman on the team for probably the first eight weeks, and then he was probably the worst. Offensive lineman on the team for the last eight weeks. Uh, so I just don't what? think Jenna Williams is back next year.
0: I would be stunned if yeah. he's back. But at the same time, I think if we were having this discussion one year ago, you know who we'd be putting in this realm in this, in you know, insert name here, Jermaine Pratt. And, you know, we didn't think Jermaine Pratt was going to be back. And I think we were both admittedly really surprised when he was announced coming back, especially pretty early on and coming back into fill of that linebacker position for the Bengals. Uh, I don't know that that's quite an apples and apples comparison. But I don't think it is Uh, in
1: terms of the being checked out, maybe. But no, no,
0: I'm saying more of being surprised that he came back.
1: Yes. Okay. okay, OK. That's what I'm
0: saying.
1: I, I mean, yeah, I was definitely surprised. Pratt came back because, like, we, we all remember the, the the locker room or the walk to the locker room, uh, audio recording of what he said and the, he, that it was his last year potentially and, you know, how pissed off he was at, at ADG, wait, not ADG, Joseph Versailles and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I guess the, the difference is, like, Jermaine Pratt was locked in all of 2022 in terms of his quality of play um, you know, he was a top 10 linebacker in the league in 2022 and and had a really good year and has great had great chemistry with Logan Wilson. And, and that just wasn't the same case with
0: Jonah Williams. Um, yeah. The one thing with Jonah Williams. Is he's really the only tackle on the market under 30. Jermaine Illuminor is the other one.
1: Well, not on winner. And when he was under 30, isn't he?
0: I think he might be... Is he 29? No,
1: I think he's like 20, maybe 28.
0: Okay, well, Jonah Williams is the only one that is... I mean, Jonah is our age. In fact, he's younger than us, to put things into perspective. You know, he he is quite... That's really the only reason he's on my list, but I would be genuinely stunned if the Bengals re-signed him. But even more so, I would be genuinely... I think more stunned that he resigned with the Bengals. Like I feel like that the the want would be much more on the Bengals side than it would be on General Williams' side. I think he is.
1: I, th- he's I think he's ready on. to move on. Yeah. Uh. So Michael and Wanu is the is the uh, free agent. I think the Bengals should definitely look at. He's a right tackle. He's played with the Patriots uh, for his first uh, contract in the league. Uh, has been a very solid, uh, actually, I would say good right tackle. Uh, has graded out really well. Only had 14 pressures given up in 2022, which is less than one pressure a game. He had slightly more. He had about 23 in uh, 2023. I mean, so, you know, how much of that had to do with the Bill O'Brien system versus the not the Bill? You know, I guess <laughs> that, that was a bad argument because that the Bill O'Brien system versus the Matt Patricia <laughs> system in new England. is there a
0: difference between those two
1: i don't know i mean maybe matt patricia was onto to something because uh unwinu did have a better season uh, in 2022 and the patriots offense looked better in 2022 sorry to get off uh get off topic there but uh he's been a really solid tackle in the league i think he's probably gonna demand just as if not more money than jonah williams because of his quality of play uh, but I think if the Bengals don't want to address right tackle in the first round of the draft, I think they definitely have to take a swing at this guy.
0: How do you feel about Trenton Brown, 13th best tackle PFF last year?
1: I I, I just don't see the Bengals going after him just because of the, the age and the injury history. Uh, because he's, he's on, I think he's over 30 years old. He is. I and think he the, is. He 31. is 30. Yeah. Okay.
0: He's In thirty. Bed. Okay, thirty point eight. He'll be thirty one by the time the season begins next year. And I think that's going to be the same
1: case with uh, L.O.A. Oh, how do you pronounce his damn name? Illuminor. Illuminor.
0: I think it's the same case with Illuminor as well. T- to me, Illuminor is a guy that you you draft or you sign. If you sign, if you draft Armarius Mims, yeah. Okay, so you, you have. Are you, you? You kind of have an 30%. insurance policy okay I think he's an insurance policy in a realm
1: okay yeah I can kind of see where you're coming from there
0: because he would be cheap enough to where he's not you're not paying him 13 million dollars a year and if you if you pay him six let's just say that and mims turns out to be the next Willie Anderson then it's like okay that's six million dollars we've got a great backup plan especially because you look at a guy like mims Eight games last year, right? Seven games, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has injury history and so on, so there is a worry with that. Rick asks, what about Smith out of Dallas, Mick?
1: Tyron Smith. We've seen more him work on the side. right side before, but uh, that would not be a good idea.
0: Yeah, I I I think it's okay, so let's just go more likely scenario. The starting right tackle is Free agent or draft pick? Next I'm year. probably I, I would say Th- let's do percentage chance. A percentage chance?
1: Eighty percent draft, twenty percent free agent. Wow.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: We have where not does, seen a right tackle where Carman, time. Where does Jackson Carman
0: Where does Jackson Carmen rank in that percentage? Deontay Smith? Cody Ford? Cody Ford,
1: like I, I, I'll give Cody Ford like a two percent chance. Uh, oh, I would take Cody Ford. Uh, yeah, Cody that's Ford. That's higher than
0: probably Cody Ford gives himself.
1: I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, obviously they trusted him more than Deontay Smith or Jackson Carmen last year. So, um, you know, he was the swing tackle. So, I, it's probably going to be a draft. Pick this, this is the best right tackle class I think I've seen in a really long time. You have three quality starting right tackles right out the gate in Fuaga, JC Latham, potentially Amarius Mims, uh, even though he is a little more raw. Uh, but, he's a lottery you know, ticket, yeah, he, he is a lottery ticket, yeah, it's a good way to put it. But I mean, you got I mean, if JC Latham's available at, at 18, I feel like you really have to jump on that. He's very polished and he's a You'd be a really good right tackle, I think, right off the bat. Um, But yeah, I think that they have to address this in the draft more than likely, unless if they take a swing at a Wenu and then they 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 draft a different position in the first.
0: This draft is one of those where you really wish went draft then free agency. Yeah, like some years aren't necessarily always like that. This year is definitely one because. You know, if the Bengals, let's say that it, there is a run on right tackles from 10 to 15, just an example. Sometimes you see that, where sometimes drafts will just start going on a run. Somebody trades up, jumps into 15 to jump the Bengals and say no, and you're not looking at any of those top-level guys. But you also didn't sign Cody Ford's your only right tackle. Then you're like, crap. And that's my one worry. Is why I think you almost might have to roll the dice in signing a guy like an Illuminor. Heck, even a guy like George Fant in some room of being that insurance policy in the case that crap hits the fan.
1: Yeah, finding a Riley Reef type of guy. uh, Great example. Great uh, example. Yeah, which might be you know, which might be a move that they make. Um, I do think we're probably going to see. I feel like you see it every year now, where you're seeing position runs where you know well all the good quarterbacks are off the board you know round 1 you know picks 1 through 3 now you move on to wide receivers then you then you see Harrison Neighbors and the dudes they just off the board um and then you know they either move on to edge rusher edge rusher or tackle or you know how defensive tackle i mean i think that's a pretty high value position so it kind of just kind of just depends but um i think there's enough prospects available at right tackle where the Bengals wouldn't necessarily have to worry too much about one of those guys being available at 18.
0: No, I, I I completely agree. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And of course, we're going to have a lot more discussion about the draft in the coming weeks. Next week, Mick, all about the defense, because there's some interesting defensive free agents to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. It's uh, a, can... This
1: defensive free agent class is much better than the offensive free agent class.
0: I think yeah. the offensive free agent class uh, kind of sucks this year. And I think there's some really interesting discussions to have with it. You know, is uh, do they spend big on a three tech? Do they sign a safety? Do they
1: sign a corner? They could sign a do corner. They sign a corner?
0: I, I think there are some really interesting discussions to have with that. Could there be a surprising cut on that defense a la bj hill
1: you what's know, main
0: yeah technically there could. I there's not really that, happen, much, but that yeah. there's not really much cap savings with that and i think you're you're eating money in that realm but i think that there are some interesting discussions to happen so make sure you join us a week from today sunday march the 10th at 8 eastern 7 central we're going to dive all the way into all of that It'll be uh, really interesting discussions to have for sure, Mick. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any parting thoughts on Bengals, offensive free agents, combine, or life in general? Uh, No. Uh,
1: Hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week as we talk about defensive free agents.
0: And I can also say happy early birthday to yourself on Friday, right?
1: Yep, yep. It will be on Friday.
0: You turned 58? Is that right?
1: Uh, it looks like it. 27. Yeah.
0: Old man. Gosh, can you believe it? There we it. go. Uh, so happy early birthday to you. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media channels. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We are on Twitter. You can also uh, find our podcast and your favorite podcasting platforms: Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, all of those different ones. You can join us there. Rick, we appreciate you joining, and we hope to uh, definitely. Thanks for
1: being active here, Rick. We appreciate
0: Uh, it. See see you next week. So until next week, Mick,
1: hootay. Hoodé. Thanks for watching.